If you will, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter. We're going to look at the same verses we looked at last week, and we're going to continue on. We started teaching what's called the way of the kingdom. And we're going to say some things today that uh, may seem shocking, but they're in the Bible. And, um, you know, they're not, they're not negative, they're helpful. And so we're going to kind of do a little bit of a review from the Bible where we were last week, and then we'll move forward this week. So 1 Peter 5, back toward the book of Revelation, you know, further back in the Bible. 1 Peter 5, we're going to begin reading in verse 5. It says this, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Be, you know, be in subjection. Then it says, yes, all of you be submissive one toward another, And then it says this phrase, be clothed with humility. We're not going to have a lot of time to go back into that this week, but you can always go back and listen online for free and or go to YouTube. We did have a problem with the feed, so it broke. And and, uh, so it's in two, two parts there. But we talked about being clothed with humility, and that's not like be clothed outwardly. It's clothed inwardly, and we know this now, that humility means to rank under when it comes to God. In other words, you can't really, in this world, be humble without God and without ranking under Him. And we went into detail from Scripture why that's important. Why is it that we should be humble people? You know, when I first gave my life to the Lord, you know, you'd read scriptures about being humble, and then you'd meet somebody, talk, they'd talk, and they'd talk like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, they're humble. They're obnoxious. They're humble. They talk loud. They don't. And I didn't know that, that I didn't have a clue what humility was. And I thought if I saw somebody like, oh, how are you? I love you. They might not be humble. You with me? I knew you'd be excited about that. Anyway, it goes on to say, so he said, clothe yourself with humility. Why would you want to clothe yourself with humility? He tells you in the next part, because God resists. What a tremendous statement. God resists. Isn't that sound weird? Because God loves the world, God created man, but right here without this quality, even though God loves his creation, he will resist any part of his creation that has this quality missing in their life. Isn't that wild? Sounds weird. That that God sent his son for everybody, but would resist even those he sent his son to, if they don't approach him and live with this quality. So he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace, or literally uh, undeserved power, favor, gifting to the humble. So we can see here that humility and pride are opposites. And we went into detail about that last week. And humility means to rank him above and to rank me below. That's why you can't be humble without God, truly. You can humble yourself and come to God, but ultimately true humility has to do with certain things with God and my attitude toward God. And pride is completely the opposite. And instead of ranking him higher, I start exalting myself. I do it my way. I make no consideration for him. You know, and some people go, oh, I'm humble. I say, God, you want me to do this? And they keep doing what they're doing. That is not humility. Pride and humility are core heart issues. And we're going to see why God is so opposed. But he said he would give grace, ability, strength, gifting to the humble, but he will resist the proud. So think about it this way. You can't subvert this. Meaning like this. I can't say, oh God, I need this and I'm praying about it and give me this, but I'm full of pride. I can't get around that. I have to humble myself. 
I can't pray and say, oh God, do this if I know I am just full of pride and full of self. And it can be remedied. And he said, therefore, because this is the operation of the kingdom and how the things work, that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, he said, therefore, here's what you need to do. Verse 6, therefore, humble yourself. God, I'm busy, humble me. No, he won't. I have to humble myself. Under the mighty hand of God. Isn't it interesting he used that term? We went into detail last week, but we're reviewing. In, in a nutshell, it means not just his strength. It's tremendous power that will be there to help you in any situation in life. But even though it's his mighty hand, and we talked about humility means to rank him higher, Inherent in his mighty hand is for me to start getting at a heart level, really realizing, man, he is all-powerful. He has tremendous power to meet and do anything. He is God Almighty, the only one. The only one. And so he's basically saying that great power is at the disposal of those who will be humble. And it will go to work on your behalf, my behalf, anybody's behalf, who will humble themselves. And so he said, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. What? He will lift you up by that power. He will do a mighty work in you. Now notice this. We said, why is it that God hates pride so much? Why is it that God hates pride? That's a, and, and these are hard questions because when we start reading some of this like we did last week, you're going to realize as we have gone on in the earth, this has grown all over society. It is just everywhere. And it is where problems come from. And where, where people, you know where there's just all kinds of ill, there's, a, there's issues of pride. And we saw in Ezekiel, and we won't turn there, but if you're taking notes, Ezekiel 28 chapter, the 17th verse, we saw that Lucifer, who we know to be Satan today, that was his name before he fell. He was an angel that was created, who was a musical angel, who had rubies and all kinds of Stuff built into him. He was beautiful, the Bible said. And the Bible said he had musical instruments built into his being. And he was before the throne of God. And it said one day, it said pride was found in his heart. Pride was found in his heart. You could say it like this. Lifting up was found in his heart. He started becoming more focused on himself instead of the Creator, how he was going to do things. And we said this, pride is so blinding and so deceptive, if you don't get a handle on it or I don't get a handle on it, I become blurred to reality. And I could even be a Christian and be blurred. Think of the world. And so Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, you don't need to turn there just for the review of it. It tells us what this pride in Lucifer's heart looked like. And really, it said he was lifted up. Because remember, humility lowers. He started getting lifted up inside, thinking about his plan, his way, his ideas, me, me, me. And again and again in these verses, he said, I will exalt my throne. I will do this. I'll sit where God is. He wasn't thinking big of God. He wasn't ranking God real high. He was starting to rank himself. Pride does that. Makes its own plans, its own ideas. It just starts magnifying itself. And it's a dangerous thing. And why is it that God hates pride so much? Because its origin was in Satan. It's the opposite of how God is. Are you with me? And so God will resist this, not because he hates humanity. 
He hates where this came from. He hates it. I mean, heaven would not be heaven if pride was there. And we can see that God resists this. It's not that he hates man. It's this heart attitude that really came from Satan. And you can see it running all over the world today. It's about me. It's about us. What makes you feel good? What makes me feel good? Well, you don't please me anymore. You don't do this. And it's all about me, me, me. And then we stop ranking God real high. And we're not looking to Him. We're not fellowshipping with Him. We're thinking it's about me. I don't need Him. I'm a self-made person. All that stuff reeks of pride. Reeks of the devil. Reeks of Lucifer. And basically God is saying if you think you can do it, he, he in the Bible said he would give you over to certain ways of thinking. He won't refuse you if you want to go that way. He told the Roman church at Rome, or those the letter to the Rome, he, he said, I'll give you up to a reprobate mind, a void of certain ways. It doesn't mean God's like, I'm pushing you there. He just goes, okay, if you want to, I'm not going to force you. I'll, I'll give you up to that if that's what you want. I'll, I'll deal with you. I'll strive with you. But if that's the way you want to go, I'll let you go that way. Are you with me? Because one thing about God is he's not just self-driven, though he wants to help man. He leaves choices up to us. And so he tells us, listen, if you want my mighty hand working, I resist this type of person who's a do-it-yourselfer, who trusts in their self, relies on themselves. Now, it's not like we can't do things. We do do things. But we do need this God perspective where we're ranking. He got lifted up, and man, out he went. And what happened was the mighty hand of God that he would experience when he worshipped God, when he was by the throne, he's been devoid of for years. He's full of anger. He's got anger issues. The Bible said when he, he, that demons, when people have rage issues, when there's some seriousness there of pride. He said, toward the end of time, when Satan knows that the time is short, demons will be released, and they'll be released, and they'll go forth because of rage. They're all self-driven. Pride is so blinding that Lucifer was called a covering angel or cherub. He was a ruling one. This is what blows me away. You could be in God's presence... And how many times have we been in church and went, wow, you leave and you're like, man, I sense God. It was powerful. But we're restricted by our human bodies. In heaven, it would be incredible. He lived there. And when he got lifted up this way, it was so blinding, he started promoting this to a third of the other angels. And it's so blinding, he said, I'm going to take over. I'm going to rule. I'm going to do it my way. It's going to be about me. And I'll cut you a slice of the pie. You just come with me. Think how blinding it is. This pervades the earth. We don't need God. He didn't create this. He did too. You weren't there. No scientist was there. And there are stuff now where scientists realize that the layers in the Grand Canyon could have been formed in days after Mount St. Helens, and they saw those canyons 700 feet high, you know, with multi-layers that formed within two days and then were cut out. Now they're rethinking the whole thing. Well, we don't have to wait for them. We can be humble and accept God's Word and see God's power in our lives. If the world is self-driven, they're going to explain everything else away. It's because they're self-promoted. They're lifting themselves up. And think how deceptive it was that Satan, with one-third of the angels, they were so blind they thought, we can overthrow this, we can do it our way, we can take over. And out they went. To me, that blows me away. But what was it that did it? It's the thing God hates. 
self-promotion. He was lifted up. Humility lowers and exalts God. Pride is completely the opposite. Pride is completely the opposite. Everybody okay this morning? Just want to make sure. Now, think of this. Heart level. This pride is a core attitude or heart level issue. When we talk about pride and we talk about humility, we're talking about something that is ultimately hidden inside but comes out in our actions. How self-driven am I? How kingdom-driven am I? How, how is my time with God not just like I got to pray because, you know, it's the Christian thing to do. Did I get my 30 minutes of Jesus cardio in? No, you know, because it's just a discipline. No, how is my relationship with him where I just, I enjoy spending time with him because he is the creator of all things. Do I just study to have a message to give to somebody else because I'm going to give that to them and I'm going to prove something to them or just do it because, man, it's the rule. Where are my motives? Am I really ranking God up there and I just like spending time with Him because, man, He's God. He created me. That's where Lucifer's ticked off. He was created to be ultimately right there in the throne, worshiping, and he ain't there anymore. And he's devoid of the power of God. He's full of self and anger. And what he has to offer is that. And he lives here in this world, and he bombards the world, and he bombards, he tries to get into leaders of every industry and every package that's out there. So what do you mean by that? Meaning this. He wants to be in music. Because then he can get his voice of self, self-satisfaction, self-fulfillment to the world through music. So you have to be careful. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you know in a minute I'm going to explain we have a cave and we're all going to go sell rooms in it and we're all going to hide. No, we can't. But we, re, we have to realize that the Bible said the world lays lies under this pressure. Who's the most unfulfilled? When I didn't know the Lord, I was so unfulfilled, and I had all the stuff. Then I come to know the Lord, and I'm like, that stuff, I was told that's what you need. Now, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. You just need to know that's not what's going to fulfill you. And, and man, oh my, I found there is really something to this. And so if these are a heart level thing, and the way of Satan is to lift self up, we need to be real careful how driven we are. And if the whole world is under this system, they're going to, you know, and they're in places of authority, then we need to be careful what we feed on on television, in movies. Why is it there's such a fight today for people to be whatever they want gender-wise? Why does it have to be a fight if it's a reality? Why does it have to be a fight for everything? You know, to push certain things. Why is it figure out what pleases you? What about trying to figure out what pleases God? And I'm not talking just us. I'm talking the world. They're not teaching us. Figure out what pleases God and move from there. And make that your starting point in life. What pleases God? Now God gives us gifts, abilities, and talents to do things in this earth. And he made the earth for us to enjoy. So he made snow. He, I believe he knew Pete, somebody would figure out you could strap boards to your feet and it would be fun. Why did he make waves at the ocean right on the shore? He knew his creation would figure out you could ride those and it would be cool. But he didn't want that to become the place of God, but he wants 
us to be fulfilled and enjoy things. Why didn't he just make everything smooth where you can drive up to the mountains and go, whoa, look at that. When I moved here from California to the desert, I was actually shocked that the desert looks awesome. Hey, now not everybody's thrilled with that. You lived here your whole life. You're blinded. <laughs> you think California is the promised land. You might be surprised. Are you with me? Jesus, when he prayed, he went to the mountaintop, he went to the beach, but he also went to a desert place, so hey. But what am I saying? We just need to be careful what feeds us and realize this self, is, this pride is everywhere. We shouldn't fear. We should just recognize wait a minute, I need to be careful what I'm looking at, what I'm feeding on as a believer. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about, we talked about Lucifer, and we just barely talked about Jesus last week, about some qualities, and I'm going to have you turn to Matthew, the 11th chapter, and we're going to talk about probably a very famous verse to lots of Christians. It doesn't take you long to start hearing certain verses when you're saved. You know, you'll start hearing certain things like, oh, God loved the world, you know, or certain verses, you know, you'll hear. Uh, this verse, I think, has brought a lot of comfort to people over the years, but we're going to look at this, and it may bring some challenge to us. Because we may see this verse in a different light than we've seen. If pride ranks me up and doesn't rank God high and lower myself. And when we talk about humility, we're talking about just thinking about God as massively huge. And me way under Him. Now we have a position in Christ, I understand all that stuff. But I'm talking about a heart attitude that should be governing every believer. Jesus is our example. And we're going to begin reading here in the 11th chapter in the 28th verse. Notice this. You're going to, when you hear it, many of you are going to go, I know that one. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden or burdened down, and I will give you rest. What an idea. Man, if the world knew this was available, I didn't know that this was available till I gave my life to the Lord. Then I started experiencing, wait a minute, this isn't rest like sleeping on a couch. This is internal. This is getting rid of some conflict, something that I had before. Uh, I, I'm starting to find rest. Notice this next thing. Take my yoke upon you. What in the world does that mean? You know, somebody's like, well, I, I don't like yokes. I prefer just the whites. That's not what he's talking about. It's not like Jesus is up there cracking eggs. No, a yoke is something you put around cattle or something like that or horses, you know, and you connect it to, you know, that thing around its neck and then you connect it to the plow or the, you know, the stagecoach or whatever it is. And, uh, but sometimes what they'll do is they'll take, you know, oxen and they'll put two ox together and they'll put a yoke between the two of them. And then they'll hook them up and then they'll pull together. So when he said, take my yoke upon you, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now this is huge. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and then you'll find rest for your souls. You know, there are Christians that haven't done the first part right there, and the very rest for their soul has evaded them. Then it goes on to say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So to serve the Lord, there is a yoke, and there is a burden. But it's not undoable. And the interesting thing about this that I find is what Jesus said. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
or learn my way or the way I am. And now, now think about this. If, if we're not careful, we can all of a sudden take our mind and start thinking, well, what did Jesus do? What, what did he do? What, what did he do? What did he do? And that's not where he told us to target. Remember, if we get prideful, God will resist that. But if we can be humble in our hearts, we open ourselves up to seeing God's great power working on our behalf. We went through, and what did it say about Lucifer? It said he was lifted up in his heart. And pride was found in his heart. Notice what it says. Not that he had a thought of pride, or not that we, you know, because you can have a thought of pride and not be prideful. Everybody can be tempted. Jesus was tempted. Jesus in the wilderness, the devil said to him, you know, if you bow down and worship me, in other words, don't rank God, start ranking me. Well, he was tempted, that, but he didn't sin. We're talking about having a core attitude or a heart way of pride or humility. So he said, take my yoke upon you. In other words, join forces with me. Start walking with me. Start following me. You can't be yoked to somebody or a, a cow to a cow or a horse to a horse and be heading separate directions. It's impossible. If I'm really taking his yoke upon my life, it's inherent that I'm following him. I'm walking with him. If I say I'm walking with the Lord and going my own way, I'm not yoked with him. Thank you. Knew you'd be excited about that. But you can just hold your cheering for later. Anyway, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, what area is it that we are to learn from him? It's interesting because here's what he did. As he was talking to everybody, he said, learn from me. And then he said this. And, and if that's all we heard, we might go walk around and go, okay, we're going to walk with him and see what he did. He, he laid his hand on him. Yeah, he did that. He said, get away from me, you worker of iniquity. Or he, he did this. Or he went and prayed. No, immediately when he said, he said, learn from me, it's the same thing we learned of Satan. The Bible directed us to look at Satan's heart. What did he say? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. He basically said, what you need to do when you're serving me and you're joining forces with me is start looking at what, what drives my heart. Not, not just what drives my emotions uh, and my actions. They stem from that. Are you with me? And sometimes people are struggling with their actions and really what they need to do is get to the heart of the issue. And that's what he was saying here. He said, listen, come to me, join up with me, but then learn from me. And here's the part I want you to learn. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know how I function. And I'm so glad he didn't just say that and stop because we would have all come to all kinds of conclusions. I would have had one, she would have had one, mine would have been right, hers would have been wrong. No. I'm just saying, we would all come to all kinds of conclusions. So the Lord is pretty smart. How many of you know that? And so he said, I'm going to tell you now. And, and the King James reads this way. It says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Notice he said meek and lowly. What is humility? It ranks him above and ranks me below. It esteems him highly. So he wasn't lowly like, oh, I'm just such a dirtbag. No, he was basically saying at a heart level, I have pulled myself and lowered myself. And he said, I'm meek. 
Other translations read it like this, and many translation, translations read it like this. As a matter of fact, the Young's literal translation reads, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, because I am meek and humble in heart. Which means the same thing. I've ranked myself with an attitude, I'm lower, I'm going to look to him. I'm going to magnify him. Not just I magnify you, because we know there are scriptures that Jesus said, You worship and you worship in vain. Because you just do it with your mouth and not with your heart. In other words, you say, I praise you, but we don't rank him and obey him. So he's trying to help us. For what? For many ways. Get rid of the way of Satan. I know that's pretty harsh. But God hates this. There will be no trace of this for eternity. But we live in a world that's polluted by this. And it's where lots of hurt comes from one another. Sometimes hurt can come because you tell the truth. This can hurt. How can be God be so hard against these people when he loves them? Because they've adopted the way of Satan. And if we struggle with this, we might be needing to take a, like they used to say, a check up from the neck up. What's my attitude about this? What am I thinking if I'm trying to defend this and defend them? Doesn't that kind of sound self? Ouch. Yeah, but so many people are this way. That's why we are supposed to reach and share the truth. If this is the way of the kingdom, and Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart, we need to find uh, what meekness is from a biblical standpoint and what humility is from a, a, a biblical standpoint. Because if I can find them, I am on the right path. Because he said, from there I can find rest to my soul. Why is it that I don't have rest in my soul? I'm struggling because God, I can't, can't, I'm trying to do this all on my own. But if I start doing what he did, I'm not having to do it all on my own. I can actually have rest in my soul and not be all vexed. What a wild thing. What a peculiar thing. That he would say such a thing. So notice... What is it to be meek if he said, you know, I'm meek? He just, I mean, isn't it cool he didn't give us 47 qualities? And these aren't things we just think in our head. Boy, that's a neat thing. He said, learn of me. Take these qualities to yourself at a heart level. When you give your life to the Lord, your spirit gets made new. But your heart core way of thinking and believing needs to be influenced. And he, I mean, think of this simplicity of what he said. I mean, how many of us, we've led somebody to the Lord, you know, somebody new, well, you need to do these 47 things, somebody else got 97 things they do, and he said, learn from me, he said, hook up, start walking with me, and examine my heart, and look at these two qualities that I, that I have. Because he said, God resists the proud. You want my dynamic power working for you? Here's what you do. You humble yourself. And he used these two qualities as heart qualities in his life that he said, these are things we should examine. And if we will take them to ourselves, we'll see God work. What is meekness? Well, it sounds a lot like weakness. Okay, so we'll give it that definition. No, that's not the right definition. Actually, I've heard people say humility and meekness are really the same, but they can't be. Because why would he say, be, I'm meek and lowly are I rank below? Because the definitions in the Greek, if you look like in a Vines Expository Greek Dictionary or other places, they'll tell you that the word for meekness means this. One who inwardly does not uh, uh, strive or argue against. Meaning God. 
In other words, when I read the Word of God, I have an inward posture. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to strive. I'm not going to struggle against it. You know what's interesting? When James, in the book of James in the Bible says this, if you want your mind to be changed, the way to do it and the way to walk in the truth is to receive the Word with meekness. See, if I'm going to argue with everything God said, I'm not ranking Him to the right place. I'm not ranking His thing to the right place. My mind is not going to, my heart is not going to be affected the way it should be. Amen. Humble. Meek and humble. Well, then that literally, and without going into great detail again, it means to rank God super high. And me below. So those two things, meek and humble, I'm going to rank him real high. Now remember, we saw that God will start causing his mighty hand to exalt you in life if you do that. The Bible said, and we read this last week, that the proud God knows from afar off. God resists the proud. There's verses that have all kinds of stuff that are negative about pride. Now you understand this. If I say, I'm proud of you. Don't jump on somebody. Don't ever say that about your kid. You're proud of them. No, we're just saying, hey, you know, you did a great job. Man, I'm pleased with that. That's not this kind of pride. You know, your kid can be doing good, and you can say, hey, you did a great job. That's awesome. But if you start seeing them get puffed up in themselves and thinking, you know I'm the best, well, uh, let's work on that. You, you may be the best, but you got to remember why you're the best. Why was Michael Jordan the best? Well, he tried harder. No, he had abilities that had to have been granted, whether he knew it or not. Whether people believe it or not. Satan had musical abilities. He had beauty. The Bible said it. But he started getting lifted up in himself. We need to help train our kids, train ourselves. Because we live in a world that everybody should have their voice, they should have their say-so. The only reason we should have a say-so is when we're saying so in line with truth. Everybody okay? So if he said, examine my heart, what are some of the outcroppings of a meek and lowly or ranking under or a humble heart? He said, you'd find rest for your soul. You'd find the mighty hand of God start working for you. Turn over here, if you will, to Philippians, the second chapter. Sometimes, you know, you talk to people, or maybe in your own life, you struggle with some obedience to the Lord. And when we struggle with obedience to the Lord, no matter who we are, we are facing the double-barrel gun of pride. If somebody said, I've got pride whipped and pride doesn't have a place in me, it's winning. It's winning. Because you just said, I, 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 I've got this. I'm okay. No, and that is a sign of pride. I got this. No, pride is something we have to deal with because we live in a world that's full of pride. Amen. <laughs> Philippians, the second chapter, concerning Jesus. Now remember, Jesus said, examine my heart. Examine my heart. Humility is key. Do I exalt what he wants me to exalt? From a heart level. This, you know, is not me talking, but it's important. I mean, it's from his word. You should esteem me for the position. Because the Bible said to give honor or to esteem highly to whom honor is due. And he talked about those who rule over you and watch out for your soul. Now you understand you don't follow me blindly. You'd be a fool to do that. And that's not what God said to do. 
and it's not to make, make some statue of me. But what I'm saying is we are to promote and exalt and esteem the things that God tells us to esteem. Those who are, who are worthy should be counted of honor. Certain people are not worthy of honor. That's not a self-promoting thing. This is so we can examine the world. And, and we could look at somebody in the world who, you know, people call it filthy rich. Just got lots of money. Think, oh, I want what they have. Well, yes, it's maybe okay to have the money they have. But their heart attitude, you better be careful if that's who you're following. You with me? And so we should be watching what we feed on in the world. Because ultimately, we want to walk with the Lord. We don't want the way of the world creeping into us. Philippians 2 verse 8, talking about Jesus, it says this, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Literally, the Greek reads, reads, He emptied himself of his eternal weight and glory. But notice what it said, he humbled himself. So what he told his disciples and the people who were going to come after him, he said, evaluate my heart, look at my heart. That was not automatically just there. He knew who God was. He exalted him as God. He worked on his own heart. And then he said, examine my heart and follow my heart. Notice, he humbled himself. How did he humble himself? He had this motive of ranking God higher than anybody, higher than anything, trustworthy beyond anything, greater than any power of the devil, and guess what? He was about to be tested by him. And he was, but he ranked God higher. One reason why people fail when they're tempted is because they don't rank God higher. They start looking at what they, he's, they're being tempted with and think, oh, this has great value to me. This temptation right here is big. Oh, it's wonderful. If I do this, I can have this. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. Because remember, pride is blinding. And the devil knows it because he was so blinded. He knows he'll use that same tool to try to get people because he can't force anybody to do anything. He's got to get people to submit. And so think about how blind it was. If we were all in the grandstands, like, you know, you know, you know, have you ever seen those like, I saw it in cartoons, but when they have those, uh, there's somebody doing surgery and then they have the other doctors up in the glass up there and they're watching, learning how to do this thing, you know, and they're like, we're going to do this and everybody's looking through the glass, these other doctors are learning. I learned that from a cartoon, but I know in movies they had that too. But if we were all up in that glass watching Adam and Eve and we were standing there, we'd go, no, don't do it, don't do it. But they were so full of themselves, he said, it'll make you this way. It'll make you this way. It'll do this for you. They didn't even realize they were getting turned inward just the way Satan was. They were getting full of themselves, thinking, oh, this will work for me. This will be great for me. And they were so blinded, it affected all of us. Thanks, great, 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 great grandpa Adam and Eve and grandma. Now, don't blame them. We've done the same thing. But Jesus, he, they could have been, they could have humbled themselves and said, no, wait a minute, God said it's this way, whether we are feeling good about it or not right now, it's still the truth. And we can humble ourselves, and they said, nah, we're going to exalt ourselves, we can be like God. Isn't that what they said? Isn't that how tempted, how they got tempted? You'll know like God knows. He's trying to hold something back. Satan had already fallen that way, the dirty dog. And then he presented the same thing. We didn't know good enough. Just no humility. So Jesus, when he came to the earth, he humbled himself. He was tempted. He had to lower himself. He had to exalt God. And that's why some people get overcome is they just don't exalt God the way he should be exalted. They're not meek. They're arguing against the truth. Oh, this is going over real good. Hey, it's, it's so countercultural. I'm not saying be mean to people. 
I'm not trying to say we're elitists and we're better than ever. Not at all. We're just saying there's the right way and there's the wrong way. And, and we know before the end comes and we're nearing it. I mean, if you look at Bible prophecy, there, it's, it's, it's incredible. We know we're getting near the end. Well, we know this will be a big push at the end. And so if he said, notice this, verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Who did the humbling? He did it. He lowered himself. He trained himself to be meek, not to argue back. He trained himself to rank God. He didn't allow thoughts to come in and take root. He humbled himself. And notice what this humility looks like. And this is a big thing. He humbled himself and became obedient. It wasn't a rule issue with him. It was an obedience to God. I've ranked him. I'm going to obey him. Humility and obedience go hand in hand. Pride, 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 and disobedience go hand in hand. You, you can't say I'm disobedient to the Lord, um, but I'm humble. If I start becoming obedient, it's because I'm becoming humble. Because remember, he said, this is the core attitude that springs forth the other. Man, if we know these things to be true, we should be scrambling to implement this in our lives. Knowing they make you see things clear, they help you see God correctly, they help you experience God correctly, they help straighten out your thinking, they help settle your heart. We should be scrambling for this. Well, I want the power. This is where the power not only comes, and, but it stays. See, Satan had all the power. He just lost it when he got full of pride. He was getting burned up, so to speak, in the presence of God. Just the glory of God would just, he'd be there, boom, boom, all the time, until he got lifted up. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thought. Now, I know this is sobering. This isn't how it always is every week. We'll, we'll cheer you on next week. But this is cheering us on. You know, not everything that, you know, makes you just get up and run around is always the most helpful. This will help the mighty hand of God to work in our lives. Think about it. When he became prideful, the mighty hand of God stopped. Why was it that Jesus had so much of the power of God working in his life. Most Christians or people in the world, the first thing they'd say is because he was Jesus. But we just read a verse that said he emptied himself of his eternal weight and glory, and he never performed a miracle until the power of the Spirit came on him at 30 years of age. The Bible's clear about that. And so, so he humbled himself and served God, the Father, all the days of his life, and he said he didn't do anything to please himself, but to please him. And think of all that mighty hand working. Think of all the divine assistance that has been lost for humanity because of pride. How much is available to be released through humility and meekness. Now remember, humility and meekness is not just how I treat you. It's how I interact with the Word and the Father and the Lord Jesus, and His Spirit dealing with me. Let's read this in close. Notice verse 8, I'm going to read it again. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He lowered himself, ranked God as high and supreme, that there is no other, and it's just Him, and he became obedient, or he became obedient because of his humility. Humility and obedience are connected to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
Think what humility will do, even with the most adverse circumstances he obeyed. What, what happens is when circumstances get more adverse, and this is important, some people start turning to themselves instead of continuing, continuing to rank God. When, when circumstances are not always in our favor, uh, sometimes people start looking more to natural than to the Lord. And he was so humble that he was like, you can kill me. And they did. But, remember, humility and exaltation are connected. We saw that. And because he became obedient to the point of death, you can read the next verses, therefore God highly exalted him to a position higher than any. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And all this is is, is an invitation for humanity and believers to work this into their heart. And to work the other out. How would our relationships be with one another? How would our relationship be with the Lord? Because this would, would totally fry some relationships we have. Certain shows we watch, certain people we hang around with, we would love them, but we may not be able to hang around with them. When I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't know all this, but God dealt with me. You're going to have to watch who you hang out with. You're going to have to watch the music you listen to. It wasn't me. He started dealing with me. You know what I had to do? Humble myself. I had to be meek. I had to not argue. In the area I argued, guess what? I struggled. And then you struggle with the peace and the rest. This is a tremendous thing right here. It's a powerful, powerful message. Because it's connected to having God do something phenomenal in your life and in mine. Well, I'll let you off the hook. It's good to have our feet stepped on. I know sometimes we like to just step on the bottom, but you know what I mean by that. Just to hear, because if we don't, we could be so under the influence of the world and not even know it. Some Christian messages, quote unquote, can be so influenced by the world, you're trying to please somebody, so it's all about you. It's all about you. And there is an element where it is about you. But when it's all about you and your best life and doing everything about you, we're missing something. Not, and you understand, I could be accused of being a prosperity person or, you know, live, you know, whatever. But there's a right way to thinking. But when it's all just about me, I'm on danger ground. Amen. Amen.